update, we can take things off, add things, edit things, you know, at you know, as needed. Um, so uh, I will send you that. Okay, one more time. Okay, I was just writing down one more time the goal, the three goals. Um, the goal: prevent relapse on alcohol. Um, manage symptoms of bipolar disorder and improve ability to manage stress. Um, today, we, our show will focus on um, mental health, uh, specifically in the black community in regards to police brutality. And what we really want to highlight in this show is the added pressure on people of color and black people specifically um, that contributes to maybe negative mental health out outcomes due to racial injustice, xenophobia, and systemic racism. And according, this is a quote, according to the National Alliance on Mental Health, uh, Mental Illness, approximately one in five adults in the United States experience mental illness in a given year. And this is irrespective of race, creed, or color. But in addition, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, adult black slash African Americans are 20% more likely to report serious psychological distress than adult whites. Despite this, African Americans are less likely than whites to seek out treatment and more likely to end treatment prematurely. And so um, I think this speaks volumes to kind of a lot of the topics that we're going to talk about today. And I want to introduce our speaker, um, CJ, I hope it's okay if I introduce you that way, Charles Penny, who, um, who actually created his own podcast called The Normalized Podcast, which I have been an avid fan and listener of. And the podcast really addressed a lot of um, issues about the stigma, I think, in the black community and his own personal experience of combating um, his, uh, his own um, mental health. And so I'll kind of uh, turn it over to you, CJ, to kind of offer a little bit more information about your podcast, and then we can move forward <clears> from there. Okay. Thank you, Nadine. I appreciate it. Um, and thank you uh, for having me as a guest on the show. I'm very honored uh, to be here. Oh, thank you. Noah. But I, I listen to you. I, I listen to you. I listen to you talk, and I listen to House movies. And um, but you're you're out to get yourself, man. You're out to uh, do yourself in, and that's too bad. I think you. I mean, you. I mean, you know. I mean, you. You've heard all the accolades. But you know how smart you are, and how good you are, at what you do. And, and all of, and all of that, but that doesn't do you any good, does it? Because there's, 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 something, there's something hurting, and so um, and and I'm I'm sitting here wondering. Maybe I'm the wrong therapist for you, also. Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Normalized Podcast. I am CJ, your host, and as always, I thank you for your time and attention. Normalizedpodcast.com is where you can find all the previous episodes. We are on episode 35. If you are new to the show, I encourage you to go back to season one, start from the beginning, uh, and go ahead and binge out. I got 34 for you. Go <laughs> uh, and catch up to episode 35. If you are a returning listener, Thank you. As always, I couldn't do this without you. Um, and remember, don't just reach out to me and say, I love the show. Make sure that you share this show with people that you know, love and or hate. Um, as much as we can get the word out, the better. 
Um, I, I know for a fact that the power of this show, I've seen where it's taken me, I've seen how it's helped people, and so we definitely want to continue that. So it's been a while since we've spoke, since we've last been with each other. How is the pandemic treating you? Um, how is Donald Trump treating you? How is Black Lives Matter treating you? There is a lot going on. There has been a lot going on since our last conversation. And I typically am a person who doesn't speak on current events. I try to program the show a little differently. However, given the events that have been ongoing um, and given the situations um, that I've been um, experiencing in life, be it um, good or bad, it's hard for me to avoid this. Now, I've spoken on issues as it pertains to being a black male and police officers. I've spoken on, and that can be, um, it was episode, um, shit, I think it was episode eight or episode seven, me and the cops. I've spoke about what it's like to experience institutional racism, especially within the workplace. That was episode nine, I think. Chuck is disgruntled. Everything that's going on in the world right now, I feel like I've spoken on. So to actually have an episode that I feel like rehashes things that I've already spoken on feels a little redundant. Um, I don't just see myself as a podcaster. I kind of see myself as an artist, too. This is my art. And so you want to be original as well as thorough with your conversation. So being redundant isn't something that I, I, I want to do. However, this is a different time. And I think it is important for me to talk about the conversations that I have been having. So I guess the question for you, the listener, is like, have you been having conversations with people about this? Have you been having conversations about George Floyd? Have you been having conversations about Black Lives Matter? Have you been having conversations about the pandemic? Have you been having conversations about uh, Donald Trump putting troops, federal troops into cities, you know, violating people's First, first Amendment? Um, what are the conversations you've been having? My conversations have been interesting for a couple reasons. Um... One, because I feel like I have a white wife and I've had white friends from college who have reached out to me. And that dynamic of not being in a homogeneous setting um, has created some comfortable conversations, some rewarding conversations, some very hard conversations. Um, And then there's also just the mental illness that I struggle with, the bipolar two that I struggle with, Um, just the general pressure of having overt racism being in your face on a regular basis and not trying to just be like fuck this i just want to have a drink (laughs) so those are some of the things that i've been dealing with over the past couple months and that's what we're really going to dive into um, in this episode so let's go ahead and get started So, yeah, the past four years have been a trip uh, ever since Donald Trump has been in office. And I've talked about this in uh, my episode called The Anger, what the experience was like. Um, And obviously, the past six months has been crazy with the pandemic. And we're going to start with the latter. For a person such as myself who does suffer from bipolar 2 disorder, um, the pandemic has hit me a little harder probably than most. Um, Fortunately, we are going through this all together. But again... A little harder than most, primarily because I lost a lot of the supports, a lot of the tools I use to keep myself mentally, physically, emotionally healthy. Um, be that going to AA meetings for sobriety, um, also with my therapist who um, unfortunately has cancer. And so our in-person sessions had to uh, cease and desist, even though we still do have remote sessions. It's just clearly not the same. 
Um, also, just losing my gym. I'm a person who works out on a regular basis daily. So losing all of those tools really had an impact on me. Um, and it creates a lot of stress. And that stress is not eased when we live with a president who is, you know, I mean, that's just a very racist piece of shit. Um, and the only those who are just in denial, having cognitive dissonance about him, um, think otherwise. So one of the hardest things for me when it comes to dealing with the current times and situations um, is with Trump and his enablers, the hypocrisy, um, knowing that as a black man, I have to fight every single day of my life. I feel like to show that what I have is not some free meal ticket. I have to work really hard for what I for what I get because perception is reality. And some people just think, you know, they just have these stereotypes of you as a black male. So for this individual to do and say whatever he feels with no consequence whatsoever, it, it enrages me. And it quite honestly gives me resentment and it can give me resentment towards whites who enable him. I mean, shit, it can give me a resentment towards my wife. And yes, I said my wife. For those who don't know, I have uh, a white wife. Uh, we've been married coming up on 10 years. And the crazy thing about resentments is sometimes they're not rational. I can have a resentment for absolutely nothing that she's done. He pisses her off equally as me. Um, but at the same time, it's just the anger is, is so surreal. And I think it sometimes may even have a negative impact on our marriage. And again, having nothing to do with her. It's, it's funny how much my wife is down I don't say down for the cause, but what she does in a career, she's a principal in West Baltimore and she's been doing that and she's been teaching in Baltimore City, but a principal in West Baltimore for, I don't know, at least five years, but teaching for about 20 or something like that. So, you know, she's really, really engaged in the community and trying to help the lives for people who look like me. That's just very honest. That's what she does. So for me to have resentments and for the person who's you know the mother of my children shows the power of the hate and the overt racism just the zeitgeist of the world has on individuals now when it came to george floyd uh, my wife and i were talking and oftentimes we will talk about race we always don't talk about how race perhaps impacts us individually but we would talk at it almost kind of looking through the glass and sometimes i think that's that's the wrong approach because it, we need, need to desc describe and express what it makes us feel as a person as a human being especially me as a black person what it makes me feel as a human being and she had made a comment that she never really thought about what that meant for me as a black man. And the reality was I probably wasn't really considering how it was impacting me. As a man, you try to be kind of like tough, like say it's not really fucking with you. But there is a lot of just just built in. It's like built in stress when you're born as a black male. Uh, I'll be very honest when we talk about Black Lives Matter and the importance of the of of the um of the movement, I was never necessarily a huge fan of it per se. I mean, I support it, but I wasn't like a huge fan. I was, I'll say this, when I go outside and, and do my thing during the day, I, I don't sit up here and think about being pulled over by a cop and being killed by a cop. And I feel like sometimes the narrative gets placed into this, this <clears throat> construct that that's all, that's what we, we're playing the victim too much and that's what we uh, think about all the time. That's not true. Because once the reform is done and once the reform has been made, you know, then what? I mean, we still have to do for our community and we still have to do better for our community, uh, be the cops there or not. But my going going back to the relationship with my wife, her making that comment, you know, it was, it was important. It was important for us to have that open line of communication. And 
as you know, with marriage, it's not just, you know, the wife that you're married to. You're also married to the, you know, her family, um, her family grew up in a conservative, she grew up in a conservative area and I would say her family is conservative. So I, if I go to their house, you know, Fox news is on and having conversations regarding race. Again, it's one of those situations. It's hard to avoid now, especially if Fox news is on Fox news, fucking triggers me. Won't lie. It's just so just off the hook with its blatant racism. I just being around it really impacts me. And so I've had conversations uh, with in-laws and, and I'll be very honest. Um, it's not, um, her father passed away. So it's her mother and her mother has been a huge supporter of me. Her mother loves me. I love her back, but it can, it can get tough sometimes. Um, because there is different cultures and you're trying to be respectful, um, of each other, of each other's experiences. But you also understand that, you know, you want it to be made loud and clear that, it's not an equal world and your experience may have been at the cost of somebody else's experience that looks like me. Um, and when I was up there, there was almost an insinuation as if it's not as bad as it seems. And it really got me upset inside to the point where I was like, you know, your granddaughters are black. You know that, right? Like, and she looked at me like, I know. And I'm like, because what you vote for when you vote for a party that is so just like, fuck it, we're just in it for power and we don't care if that means we're only going to really govern half the country because the rest of the country doesn't look like us. That impacts directly your granddaughter um, and, and, and their ability to have the lives that I know you want them to have. And those aren't easy conversations to have, but those are conversations that need to be had. Um, I had to get up and walk away because I was pretty upset about the conversation. But because it still is my mother-in-law, I had to walk back and give her a kiss and say, look, I mean, this is just how it happens sometimes. And, you know, she gave one back and said she understood. Um, And that kind of is what, you know, these conversations bring about when they are had. They're not going to be easy, but sometimes they're necessary. Hopefully, um, some traction was gained with that conversation. Um, but not all conversations are like that. Like, here's an example. CJ, what's up, buddy? It's Nick. It's uh, it's a uh, Friday, man. Um, first foremost, man, hope you and family are doing well. Uh, need to catch up uh, in a little bit, but um. Just wanted to check in, man. Actually, um, I didn't even know how I was going to call you, and uh, I don't want to alarm you or anything. Nothing's wrong. I'm good. I just uh, had something I wanted to talk to you about, and uh, really didn't know how to approach it. And uh, honestly, man, for as long as I've known you, as good friends we've been over the last 20 years since we were in school together, I don't know if I've ever, ever been kind of nervous to talk to you, but um, you know. With, with what's going on and what just happened with uh, George Floyd in that situation, uh, that just hit home for me. Um, and I just had some things that I wanted to talk to you about, ask you about. I didn't really know where to start, um, but I know I needed to start. Um, I, I, I don't know why now. Um, I know I, I, you know, I just you're the first person I thought of when that happened, and you know I love you, man. Um, been friends for a long time, 
and we've been very jovial about race and uh, very politically incorrect with each other and uh, very humorous. Uh, but it's always been all love, and I think that's kind of been on the back of our friendship. This is very real, and I think what hit me was, what if the next person, what if the next black man was you? And I never, ever did anything to get real about the, the, the issues at hand and, and talk to you about it and get your perspective and, and the black community's perspective. I never sought to understand. Um, and I think with that understanding, um, my hope is that some action can then take place, not just a social media post or um, you know, some, some kind of rhetoric online, but real action, something that I can do that will what we can do and, um, makes an actual difference and even if it's just one life I know it starts with a conversation and, and for me um, getting real with what's out there that I've either turned a blind eye to or I'm just not privy to understanding um, and maybe that's what privilege is but I need a better understanding around it so uh, sorry for the winded message man I know I kind of wanted to speak from the heart and it's kind of random here, but um, uh, I'll definitely be looking forward to talk to you. Appreciate it, bro. It starts with a conversation, and that conversation was started by my roommate, uh, my white roommate from college, Nick, him from 20 years ago almost. And, you know, it's ironic because earlier I said I'm not a huge uh, fan of Black Lives Matter, but I was a supporter. And if it were not for the Black Lives Matter movement, if it were not for those individuals in Minneapolis who stood up, uh, for George Floyd, you know, this conversation may never have happened. And why this conversation is good is because people like Nick and I are people of action. So we will come together and actually put together a plan to actually help minorities um, with tangible goals um, to become more successful in life, be it through entrepreneurship, be it through mentorship, however that turns out. But that's the type of conversation that was happening. Sometimes a conversation is just one way. It's just somebody calling and leaving a voicemail and then you listening. And then there are my cherished conversations with you, which have always been honest and open. And oddly enough, so honest and open, I've become like some quasi subject matter expert on black mental health. And of course, I don't speak for everybody. I'm not a clinical technician here, Um, but I am willing to have open conversations. And earlier, There was a clip that I shared when I was on a radio station talking about the impacts of um, the George Floyd event, the impacts of coronavirus, all of these kind of current events that are going on right now on black mental health. And it's a crazy ride and experience that I'm having right now in my life. But then there's the hard conversations. The hardest conversations you can have are the ones with yourself. When you really have to look at yourself and figure out what's going on. Because I won't lie, I don't know about you, but the stress from the pandemic is real. The ups and the downs got me fucked up. I gotta remember just to pause. Hold up, hold up. Let me get my mind, let me get my mind right. Yeah, let me get my mind, let me get my mind right. You know everything is alright. You know everything is alright. Conversations, conversations, conversations. Those I've had, those I've lost. When the pandemic started, my grandfather went to the hospital for a surgery. He was 94. After the surgery, he went to a rehab facility. He never made it out. I never had a chance to have one final conversation with him. He was one of the closest men to me. 
I have three other men in my family who I currently don't speak with. I've told you this before. My older brother would probably hate this if I say it, but I feel like he's drinking his life to death. My younger brother, I feel like he's just trying to grow up. My father would text me every now and then, but I don't know how to respond to it, honestly, because we just don't talk to each other. And as these conversations linger or don't get addressed and time continues to run, I know I'm running out. And I see that there's a common thread here. I mean, maybe it's me that's causing these issues. I don't know. Still gotta try to figure it out. Hold up. Hold up. Let me get my mind. Let me get my mind right. Yeah. Let me get my mind. Let me get my mind right. You know everything is alright. You know everything is alright. My therapist, I love him to death, but for the life of him, he can't understand why I just can't chill. He's been there for me through thick and thin, always providing me with good conversations. He wonders if I love myself, and sometimes I do wonder that. He thinks I should take less time with some of the projects that I'm working on. My podcast, the movie, the speaking engagements. Maybe that's too much for a person like me. Maybe I should just focus on things such as my family. I don't know. Seems like a stretch for me. But in this time of racism, a pandemic and isolation, I'd be lying if I didn't set in question things. It has me questioning my job. Unfortunately, sometimes questioning marriage, my friendships. But I haven't questioned my life yet. And as for you, the listener, don't be scared of these conversations. I do these to help you. There's nothing to fear. Everything is alright. Hold up, hold up. Let me get my mind, let me get my mind right. Get my mind, get my mind right. You know everything is alright. You know everything is alright. Let's keep these conversations going. Normalizepodcast.com.